Cards After Dark. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> I'm a little flustered here uh, <laughs> because I had somebody message me, Bo. By the way, yeah. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, and they said, man, so much happens with this team. You guys should just do two live shows a day. And I'm like, "That's you know what? That's a good problem to have. Here we are, post-game <laughs> show, Hard Knocks episode four, Patrick Peterson talking shit. Kyler Murray, D-Hob clapping back. Where do you, where do you want to start? I'm going to defer to my co-host here. Yeah, let's just recap the episode, which I think kind of encapsulated, actually told the story of the week for the Arizona Cardinals. It was yeah. it was the game. I mean, the, the, it looks like they had a solid week of practice. Pretty incredible, honestly. A credit to uh, the team for being able to bounce back after just getting their doors blown off on Monday Night Football, embarrassed, uh, you've seen guys kind of take their medicine. Hamilton, Antonio Hamilton was remorseful. He spoke to yeah. his guys, admitted his mistake. We see a guy in Steve Hyden who goes from being the team's tight end coach to coaching this yep. offensive line, stepping in for uh, Sean Kugler, who was unceremoniously fired uh, on Monday morning and sent home before the game. And this team was able to kind of put together a decent game plan that held Justin Herbert in this offense to 17 points before the final two minutes of the game. And the offense actually showed signs of life up until the final three possessions. And, you know, I think that this, this game was very, or this episode was reminiscent of that to where it was, you know, almost 80%, you know, positive stuff for this team, including the stuff with DeAndre Hopkins doing his philanthropic work in the community and doing things for domestic uh, violence victims and, uh, Isaiah Simmons, return, you know, rise back from being benched to, yeah. you know, playing big snaps for this team. But then at the end of the day, another loss for this team and, and yeah. really trying to pick up the pieces and, and the team kind of saying, hey, you got five games left. You're not playing for the standings. You're playing for pretty much pride and, and kind of show who you want to put on film the next five weeks after the bye week. Yeah, it was interesting, that final clip of Cliff. He's like, yeah, I know I say it. It sounds like I say the same thing every week. Yeah. Uh, I bet it does to everybody in that locker room. want to welcome everybody in the chat. Mike, you're our guy. Dylan, it is good to see you, my friend. Uh, Kyler, they finally did uh, Kyler from Kyle here in the chat. Yeah, it was some good good Kyler scuff, I, I thought. I've yeah. said, his relationship with Hollywood's interesting to me. I love the throwback to to Oklahoma and I, I say what you want about this year. Like the Hollywood Brown acquisition outside of his injury has been a positive one. He seems to be like really well liked amongst his teammates, which is mm-hmm. great. To, great to see Kyler look very sad and frustrated at the end. I mean, you're at the point like Bo just laid it out perfectly. Everything was going well. You're hitting all the beats. You feel like you're, you're the better team and you still lose. And you're, you're at the point where it's just like, what are, what are we even doing here? It's going to be difficult for a team that was touted as, playoffs, deep postseason run, tons of talent to then say, we have five games left. By the way, two of them are set to be nationally televised, which mm-hmm. could be good or bad. And we'll cover it, of course, here on PHNX Cardinals. But like, what are we doing here? We were we had expectations and and we blew it. We blew it as coaching yeah. staff. We blew it as a team. And now we have this we, we have this break. And I love Billy Davis at the end, just basically saying this is not a vacation. And the fact that you have to say that to NFL players, I know they're younger. And then you open up the episode with the Sean Coogler continued fallout and Cliff mm-hmm. basically saying, well, I apologize. I'm only half the coaching staff will be better. There's just, there are so many body shots this team is taking right now. You can only absorb so much like a strong organization 
that's got consistency and continuity can take one or two scandals here or there, and and they'll persevere. Hell, the New England Patriots are um, the Deflate Gate and the Saints with Bounty Gate. Like those organizations persevered. The Cardinals have a new scandal every week. Now some are bigger mm-hmm. than others, but I, I I did like that this episode, unlike last week, dove in, dove in An- Antonio Hamilton quitting on a play. Isaiah mm-hmm. Simmons being benched, the Sean Kugler stuff, the stuff at the end of the game. It, this was much more on brand for Hard Knocks that we've grown to know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was it was a little bit more transparent. More gave you a deeper dive on some issues on that were surrounding this team. And Simmons was such a big storyline for us mm-hmm. earlier. And we see ninety one Clay Clay Combs say, you know, it's a fireable offense. Yeah, I mean, they took a harsh line on Isaiah Simmons for his performance in that season opening game, because the expectations for this guy going into his third year was he was going to re- wear the green dot. He was going to be the leader of this defense. He was going to be on the field all the time. And he absolutely just got uh, dog walked by Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith Schuster. And he just, he didn't show up in week one. And I guess they felt it was, he was so out of place he was just overwhelmed as far as during the play, before the play, after the play, that they just felt like they needed to reset with him. And it, it's interesting to see, you know, who gets that that um, that type of coaching and who doesn't get that type of coaching. But, you know, to see Isaiah Simmons w- make his way all the way back and then, you know, they show the Kirk Cousins strip sack fumble that should have changed that game, that should have been where the offense came out, took advantage of it. They didn't. It should have been his third game-changing play of the season, including the one in, in Vegas where he's, he's, he forced the fumble against Hunter Renfo. It's scoop and scored in, in, in overtime. And then uh, the what was the, the second one? The second one, he had a pick, uh, yeah, yeah, the pick six. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday night football, the second uh, back-to-back drive. So, um, yeah, it was – I, I mean, you have to be encouraged – as far as the offensive performance from, from that game, I know people don't like to hear that, but I felt like in the first half of that game, when they relinquished the lead after the boneheaded play on the fourth and one, that they were able to go down there before the half, they're going to get the ball coming out of the locker room. They were able to go up and not only just put up points, put up a touchdown. That was Kyler Murray's rushing touchdown. And and like that, they have the ability to do that. It's just, you know, it's still, still things where they have the ability to get in their own way. And that was on full display. I, I'm in agreement with Ron. I, I think they're defeated. I think they're deflated. It's going to be hard to play these next five games. Um, mm. I, I That's my opinion. I've been of that mindset. You only make so many mistakes all year and hear the same messaging like, we're still in it. We can make a run. I mean, shit, it was sad. Even Kyler throughout the week was like, we're, we're going to put a run together. We've got Hollywood back now. This is going to be our time. And then they lost again. As far as Simmons goes, Kyle says, I feel bad for Simmons, 91 Claycomb. They gave Simmons one position instead of four. He might learn. I agree with both of those things. I also Mm -hmm. agree. I don't want to hear Cliff and company talk about like Simmons combine performance. It's 2022. That happened in the spring of 2020. I'm over that. Cut that shit out. He's an NFL Mm -hmm. player. We're talking about potentially whether or not the team should pick up his fifth year option. I think they probably should, but like, if you're still touting college and workout statistics in year three, your NFL career, that's probably not a good thing. Like I don't give two shits about, you know, Greg Dorch's college career because he balls out at the NFL level. And that's why they've <laughs> kept him around. I, I right. just feel like too many of the Cardinal players were just, we're talking about collegiate accolades and Simmons. I get, he's a freak. 
Is he a good football player? Can he be a great football player? Who's teaching him to have these instincts? As, as they say in the chat, like pick one position, help him become great at one position instead of average to slightly above at four different positions. You're not good enough to say, Isaiah, just be a Swiss army knife because there's ga- there's holes all over your defense. You would be better off just having him put his foot in the ground and play one spot. I, I also think it's laughable, Bo. You champion this in training camp. You were the first person that that I heard say that Isaiah Simmons was playing defensive back. And mm-hmm. we got a ton of shit for that on this show. If you watch that that uh, show tonight, Isaiah Simmons, first person, front row in the DB room. He's, <laughs> de- he's, he's defense back. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's in there. And he's he's at the end of the episode where he's listening to Buda Baker uh, mm-hmm. talk to the guys as, as the, you know, what can we do? What can I do? Hold me yeah. accountable. Tell me if I'm, if I'm not doing anything. Absolutely. He's, he's front and center for it. Um, but he's listed as a linebacker. I don't know if that's something like when they pick up his fifth year option, if that's, if it's going to be cheaper, I don't know. I don't know if it's cheaper if he's a linebacker than he is if he's a safety if or a DB. So totally Cardinals, not to interrupt you, to fumble that and basically <laughs> give him the lower price tag and for him to hold out because, no it, because they screwed him out of money. That would be so on brand for this team. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, there wasn't much, much more to it. I mean, uh, but I mean, there's, there's, and there's not much more to, to the op, the, the episode, you know, I, I thought the, the montage, it, it felt better to, to get more, obviously sound bites from Kyler, watch him play throughout the game. You have the montage with the pizzazz rap, so, hip hop song. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with it, but it, it hit hard. I thought it was, it was a good moment. Like yeah. it kind of got you into it. Right. With, you know, obviously in the back of your mind, you know what happens, right? It's like a, it's like watching a film or a TV show where somebody spoiled it for you. Uh, and, and it was, it's everything's going really, really well. And then at the end, there's that, there's that little twist or it's, it's, or it's like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where you just know, how's Larry going to fuck this up? How, how's Larry David just going to make, just, just do something horrible and indefensible and they're going to play the music and it's, it's another just, awful ending for him and for the Cardinals in this episode. It's it actually on brand that it's HBO. That's very true. It was all, it was very sad. The last one of the last shots of the show was Vance um, reacting to the two point conversion and then looking up at the clock, like how much time do we have left? And then seeing that there basically is no time to do anything. Yeah. And you could just, you, you felt, you felt gutted for him because Vance is a likable guy. But defense did not play well uh, down the stretch in that game. But um, here, here's the good news. For everybody out there that's stressing over this, you don't have to gamble on this team this weekend because they are on a <laughs> buy. But guess what? There's a plethora of quality outings that you can bet on, including my DraftKings pick of the week. I like the Ravens minus eight at home against the Denver Broncos. No one showed up to Russell Wilson's birthday party. They can't score touchdowns. They got blown out by Steve Wilkes. Anybody think they're going to keep it close against Lamar Jackson? After he went after uh, some people on Twitter for saying, "Not don't pay him the max. He's about to drop 40 against uh, the old Broncos. But you can bet on that and more on DraftKings. I don't want to toot my own too much, Bo Brock, but earlier today on PHNX Bets Daily at noon with Sean, I mentioned that I thought the Suns, number one, were going to blow out the Bulls. And then I liked Devin Booker's over of 27 and a half. Newsflash. He doubled that tonight and then some. Check out PHNX Suns after this show. Check out DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets back if they do. 
That's promo code PHNX only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. The U.S. is on to the knockout round and Four Peaks. Our watch parties continue. You can enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and more $3 kit lifters, $3 wout wheat pints, hosting every U.S. match going forward, hopefully going forward. Mexico looked like they got knocked out today, but you got that 22-foot screen in all its glory. Looking forward to the U.S. on Saturday morning. If you aren't able to make it, uh, you can at least still toast the red, white, and blue with some four peaks. Got to be 21 years or older. Get yourself some kilt lifter. Get yourself some wild wheat pints. You got the holiday packages coming out as well. They've got the great assortment of beers. They've got the advent calendar basically for the adults, us four peaks, uh, hooking us up. Give the gift of beer this holiday season. Four peaks has limited supplies. Their December, December advent calendar box for 55 bucks, you can enjoy specialty beers, tall boys, and more. Purchase at their H Street Pub in Tempe. That's where our watch party is going to be. I don't recommend if you don't have a ticket to the watch party, which was free, and I believe they're sold out, don't go on Saturday. It's going to be a wee bit busy. But any other day, it's going to be solid for you to go get that advent calendar of Four Peaks beer. It's delicious. Let's get into this. Uh, are, are, are we done with this episode? Is there any? Yeah. Is there much more to, to break down? Because there was some drama off the Hard Knocks, and it's not this time on the Hard Knocks crew for not getting it because it broke this afternoon. Because that that swine that that scorn X of the Arizona Cardinals was speaking up again. Old Petty Patrick Peterson on his All Things Covered podcast. Let's play it again. We played it for our friends this afternoon, but let's let's go back to what old Patty Pat Pete had to say about Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Yeah, you think Cliff Kingsbury may be the scapegoat in regards to their struggles? It ain't no maybe. He will. He will be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he will be. Uh-huh. He will be. And the crazy thing about it, the guy who hired him will still have a job. Yeah. It sounds about right. I, I Initially, I was thinking that they probably would stick with him because of the contractual agreement he has. But now just seeing how bad they've been. And then man, they fired a coach after, after, after a season, man. Yeah. And he signed, he signed that extension last March. But see, just verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately. But it tells me he doesn't care about the his, coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't argue that I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so I got to take your word for it. Brian McFadden was such a bust with the Cardinals. I can't take it seriously. <laughs> congrats on your podcast. No one listens to Patrick Peterson. We talked about this earlier. I, I, what, what's left there to say? He can't stop talking about this team. His, his Vikings team's having a great season. He's having a great season. Live in the moment, my man. But we talked about this earlier. That was a tremendous recap. It makes me throw up everywhere, but it didn't end there. Our show got done at, at right around 5 p.m. Mountain Time today. And then <laughs> Kyler Murray fired this tweet. At I believe Pro Football Focus. So this is quote tweeting yeah. Pro Football Focus, who would who would put out, of course, Patrick Peterson's soundbite because that's what Peterson wanted. He wanted it was, to gain traction. It was a graphic with the quote. He Kyler wanted Murray. to get clicks. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Rangers saying all for attention. So Kyler says the following: This isn't true. You on some weird shit, P two. 
you got my number. If you really felt like this as a big bro or mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Well, a golf clap for Kyler Murray. Just buried him. Called him out. Exactly what my co-host Johnny Venerable said when we were first talking about this. He was doing it for clicks. They're probably getting shitty downloads. Nobody listens to it because it, I mean, talk about self-absorbed and nobody cares more about themselves than themselves is, is Patrick Peterson. And, and, and all things covered probably needed a little, a little boost. And he went and went after the team that is four and eight and has already taken a bunch of shit in the media and is an easy, is an easy target. And he's targeted him before and he's done it for clicks before. And he's just going back to that. Well, one, one more time. And good on on Kyler Murray for calling him out on that. Um, and and yeah, I mean Patrick Peterson loves to play the role. He's like, yeah, I'm a mentor to everybody in the locker room. I'm the big bro. And for him to pull that shit, just completely classless. And good for Kyler to call him out. It didn't end there. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, it kept going. The other uh, shoot a drop here. DeAndre Hopkins took to Twitter and um, didn't specifically tag Patrick Peterson, but it's in reference to P2. And you love to see it from wide receiver one. Here were the the two tweets, the first of which being DeAndre Hopkins stating, you don't kick a man when he's already down. So suggesting, this is another layer on pack, that Kyler's having a tough time. So like, cut the shit, all right? Get, get, like, get off this team. You're not on this team. You don't belong here. And then also, according to D-Hop, you gained attention but lost respect, Biggs Burke. So I did some research before the show. Biggs Burke, ex-employee of like Rock Nation. So maybe something happened with Jay-Z and like a falling out. Maybe like that dude was a snake and he talked <laughs> behind people's back. I don't know the deal. I, I don't know the rap game that deep. But I know that DeAndre Hopkins basically is coming after P2 like, shut the fuck up. Right. This is our team. We're dealing. We're trying to deal with this internally. I love how Patrick, by the way, and Brian McFadden are like, we just want him to keep it in house. You guys are talking about somebody's organization on your show. Talking about keeping it in house. You think the Vikings want this attention from their cornerback? Like Patrick, focus on the season. We're trying to right. win a division this weekend. You mentioned it. The Vikings can clinch the NFC North for the first time in like fucking a hundred years. And Patrick Peterson can't stop talking about his ex on his stupid podcast. And right. Brian McFadden, who, who you know, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Everybody's just trying to stay relevant. It's sad. I feel bad. Like it is. I feel bad for Kyler it, and like Patrick. You're one of my favorites. Stop doing this. Yeah, 2011 through 2017, Patrick Peterson was great. He was. He was. Yeah, he was. He he should be. I mean, he's doing his best to keep himself out of the ring of honor. I mean, even after all this is said and done, he deserves his spot, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but. It, it's the equivalent of you're 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 about to go on your honeymoon with your new spouse, and you're sitting yeah. there in the airport, and you're looking at Instagram, and you're like, "Look at this! Look at this fucking idiot!" It's like, who cares? Who yeah. cares? We're married. Who cares about your ex? Who gives yeah. a shit? And he continues to go back to that well because he's he's he he felt that bad about it. But let's keep in consider. Let's 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 also not realize that he was over thirty years old. He wasn't. He was a shell of himself as a player. He was coming off like uh, obviously the trade request in 2018, the PED suspension in 2019, and then two years of really not being the same caliber cornerback. He's a below so when you go, player. Steve Kime was not, you know, you can say what you want about Steve Kime. 
I, I I'm I'm with you. I, I don't I think 2018 was a was a good parting of ways. If the if the organization was smart, we should have parted ways with Steve Cut. But it, the idea of him going to the negotiation table and locking in a 30 year old corner to the money that Patrick Peterson and his representation were going to command at that point would have been irresponsible. And it was the right move to let him walk. And he's bitter about that because he doesn't truly understand that that's the business of the NFL, that the, that the Vikings were willing to take a chance on him on a one-year deal. That ain't shit. They had the cap money for that year. They went out, they got a cornerback and, and that's what it was. But other than that, I mean, to lock him into an ex- like nobody's nobody gave it to him. So what's he mad at the Cardinals for not do- giving it to him? He's gotten two one-year deals for seven million dollars. Right. Like the Vikings, even after his season this year, are not going to offer him a multi-year deal. His career is probably a couple of years away from being over, and it's sad. He's an all-time great. I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. But I I love this aspect. Kyle puts it in the chat like. DeAndre Hopkins came to the support of his quarterback, and you love to see mm-hmm. that because that spits in the face of the people who think that Kyler is an introvert, wants to hang by himself, doesn't have the support of his teammates. I think tonight was a good example on Hard Knocks, like him chatting it up with Hop and James Conner and Hollywood Brown. Like, is he the most likable person? No, we know that already. That's been documented. But I, I think to, to go about the mindset that Kyler only looks out for Kyler, I, I he's a young person. We're not making excuses for him, but I mean – Let's get serious, Patrick. You've been all about you since day one. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Cardinals did everything in their power to prop you up as a superstar player. Extension after extension. You were on a couple playoff teams, NFC Championship team, which, by the way, you fumbled a punt. Do we need to talk about that shit show in Carolina <laughs> against Cam Newton and company in the NFC title game? No, because we've moved on. We have a little bit of class, but I'm going to bring it up right now. But it's it's unfortunate because I'm sure Kyle, literally, we just got done talking about this, I think, on our audio-only show yesterday. Like, man, there, Kyler Murray takes arrows left and right. Some of them warranted. Some of them certainly not. We talked about the F-bomb he dropped last weekend's press conference, which was taken out of context. But it still happened. And so now you've got Patrick Peterson literally coming out of the woodwork calling, Pat, calling Kyler Murray selfish. For <laughs> unprompted. Like, that conversation, like, Bryant McFadden kind of brings up Kyler Murray and then... Patrick makes the point. Kyler only cares about Kyler and it gets picked up. It says exactly what they want it to. It gets picked up by all the national outlets. Kyler has to deal with it. Just like Kyler had to deal with the homework clause, just like Kyler had to deal with all this other garbage that's happened during the year. So uh, it's, we literally can't go a week without something happening. Right. And and he's having a deal also with, you know, his, his quote at the end of the game on Sunday being taken out of context that people continue to run with, and he was throwing Cliff Kingsbury under the bus when he wasn't. He yeah. was being self-deprecating and of, of the Cardinals offense and the, and the play and how it ended and just saying that they were, it, it, was, it was not their play, basically. It, we, were, we were fucked schematically. We were just yeah. fucked. It was, it was a disaster from the, from the jump. And people take that as, oh, he's throwing Cliff Kingsbury under the bus. Like, how is he airing their dirty laundry? And, and that's what really even – if anything, I mean, that's what kind of sparked this, this Peterson quote, which is you, you got to know the full context and he's just ready to jump on, on, on this Cardinals organization. It, it's in, and you know, that it's, it's misguided, right? Because it, it did seem like Kyler was blindsided that, that he has such that P2 has such vitriol for time that he's willing to go after anybody associated with him. <laughs> Like Kyler got my money, even though I'm over 30 <laughs> and I play cornerback and I'm slow now. 
Oh, man. Uh, Patrick, you're not the underdog, but you can play on underdog fantasy. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to play on underdog fantasy this weekend without the uh, constraints of, of betting on Cardinal football. But hell, you can bet on the NBA with underdog fantasy. We're over year long fantasy. We're on to daily fantasy. You should be to draft your team against five of your friends. The highest scoring squad for that night wins cold, hard cash. You can draft up to six NBA players. No positional limits. That is it. All you got to do to get started, go to Underdog Fantasy or download the app, underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code PHNX and get this, friends. Underdog Fantasy is going to double your first deposit up to $100. So if you think Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray are going to go off the rest of the year in spite of this coaching staff, you can wager on it every single game day. Hires, lowers, what have you. Underdog Fantasy. Hell, if you want to phase the Cardinals, because you're bitter at Steve Kime, like Patrick Peterson, you can do that as well. But what you got to do, first and foremost, use that promo code PHNX, Underdog Fantasy. Get in on the action today. I was talking to some family members today uh, after the show. Went, got some dinner with some friends and family, and they were telling me thanks for tipping them off on the War Furniture Ooh. Cyber Week deal. They got in on it. They continue. You can continue to get in on it. Save up to fifty percent off on the Cyber Week at More Furniture. It's continued through December sixth, and then you've got some more things coming down the pike. You got to stay in t- tuned in for more furniture deals coming your way after that. You don't have to wait long. I mean, you had Black Friday, you got Cyber Week continuing at more furniture. You want to kind of pimp out your your house, your your condo, your apartment for the holidays. More furniture is going to hook you up. What you want to buy for your home, morefurniture.com. Check it out. More furniture, M-O-R furniture.com. What a day for this team. What a team as we enter the bye week. If you missed it earlier today, Bo Brock and I gave our five suggestions mm. on who should be the next head coach of this franchise. I think we still have them available. Producer Jacob, can I see my top five? Let's roll with Bo's first. Our heads kind of look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Bo's got Lincoln Riley at number five. I do. Yeah, I've had Lincoln Riley because I didn't think it was, uh, he's the least realistic. I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere. He's getting comfortable in Hollywood. USC is rolling. He's got another top quarterback prospect that's going to win the Heisman unless they kind of fumble the bag this weekend. I like Lincoln Riley. Uh, at least make the phone call. Brian Callahan, the OC of the Bengals, what he's done without Jamar Chase has been great. Obviously, he's also he helped the Bengals get to the Super Bowl. That on offensive line last year. Kellen Moore, that Cowboys offense was top in yards and in points last year. Still having a solid season. They're averaging over 33 points per game since the return of Dak Prescott. And then D'Amico Ryans is a, is a rising star. What he's done with that 49ers defense, he's a stud. And then Sean Payton. You don't have pl- coaches of this uh, caliber come available all the time, but he's available and you should have a vacancy. And the Arizona Cardinals should give Kyler Murray the best chance with the best coach available. That's Sean Payton. You love to see it. Here's mine. A lot of the same beats. Eric Bieniemy, give him an interview. See if he blows you away. Have him talk to Kyler Murray. I don't. I. I think. Th- I think we could be overthinking Eric Bieniemy, just like a lot of people were thinking. What's his name from Buffalo, who finally got a job and with the New York Giants this year? Uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, I, I think has has played a bigger part to the development of somebody like Patrick Mahomes and that offense than we give him credit for. Matt Dable, uh, Brian Dable is the name I was thinking of. 
Brian Flores, listen, Cardinals liked him when they interviewed him in 2018, just didn't get enough experience. I know his lot has gone down each of the last couple of years, but he's got win seasons of 10 wins and nine wins before subsequently being fired by Miami. D'Amico Ryans would be my top defensive choice. Of course, the top defensive coordinator in the NFL right now. Weaken the Niners, pick over their coaching staff, bring him on board, develop some of these young defenders who are, have become good, make them great. And speaking of great, Jim Harbaugh, I think, would be a plug-and-play, somebody that you could, on top of my first choice, immediately expect dividends in the form of playoff wins. What Harbaugh did with San Francisco once upon a time, talented team, no leadership, soft. He flipped the script in singular offseason. Same can be said with Sean Payton. It'd be like winning the head coaching lottery. You'd be able to say, look at your friends, family, and just say, we've got a premier NFL head coach to lead us into the next decade plus of Cardinal football, and it would be Christmas come early. That's my top five. Bo and I hitting a lot of the same beats, and we're going to continue to monitor their situation throughout the season. I want to get to one of his comments here. Dylan Richards, man, the season has been a bit better because of your content. Thanks, fellas. We uh, appreciate you. We appreciate all you guys. We're getting through this together. This is therapy. This team, although a hot mess disaster, is certainly entertaining. <laughs> uh, and speaking of entertaining, you get a ton of good content at gophnx.com. Become a diehard. Get 20% off all future events. Get free merch every single year if you become a diehard. Get the work of our many talented peers, including our PHNX Cardinal head writer, Howard Balzer, who, I mean, the guy's churning out three, four articles a week, most of them for free. Check them out at gophnx.com. Check out the PHNX merchandise locker. Tons of gear. We just dropped some hoodies. They are fire. Sport, you may you want to sport your Cardinals gear because you're upset they're four and eight. All right, let's let's sport some PHNX Cardinals gear. You know how <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can be neutral, right? You could be, if you're wearing PHNX, you're wearing it for the Suns, you're wearing it for the Yotes, you're wearing it for the D-backs, right. you're wearing it for the... And when the Cardinals return to glory, you can wear it for the Cardinals. Also, things that are cool or walking around with some big old tall boys and looking like mm -hmm. you're putting back a cold one, but you're putting back some mountain spring water. You're murdering your thirst. Thanks to our friends over at Liquid Death. Liquid yep. Death is the most metal mountain spring water you can find on the market, and it's refreshing. It's going to get you hydrated in a much cooler way than Aquafina or whatever crappy, you know, mountain spring water you're going to try to drink. Liquid death does it better. Be no beer cans. That's mountain spring water from the outs. Liquid death. They help you murder your thirst and also murder plastic pollution. 10% of the profits for every can sold are help are helping kill plastic pollution. Get free shipping on water or merch at liquiddeath.com slash PHNX. The, cans of water, mountain spring water or sparkling water. Great for stocking stuffers. So is their merch. Like I said, check it out. Liquiddeath.com slash PHNX. Or you can find Liquid Death, of course, locally. Target, fries or sprouts. I get my Liquid Death at Sprouts. That's right. I don't know why that's relevant to that. I just wanted you to you're know where time, I bought man. it. I know. I you're, you're, big you, you shop at Sprouts. That's I got cool. a... I got a text from our colleague Howard Balzer and it reminded me as we started this episode talking about episode four of hard knocks, which we both agreed. I thought it was uh, it was a big, good bounce back after mm -hmm. uh, a week of, I don't know what the, the hell last week was, but he, he mentioned that the overturned plays, the overturned plays. I, I feel worse even about those watching it on this episode. Like I still yeah. didn't see any video evidence that should have proved that either one of those plays should have been truly overturned. Maybe these, maybe the Zavin 
but I still feel like he had his hands underneath that football. But as far as the fumble recovery overturn, which was originally ruled in favor of, of the Arizona Cardinals, for them to switch that, is, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely I, ridiculous. If I've seen that, it's been years since that's happened. And typically, like the NFL, you know, the first person who touches the ball does not get to keep possession. It's it's a fight under the pile. You never want to know right. what goes down in one of those piles because it's a may the best man win. And they didn't allow that to happen. They gave the Chargers immense benefit of the doubt when we saw no control by the by the recovery person or the initial person who touched the football. It, it, they were momentum swings. But again, I am not one to come out and say, like, that's why they lost the game. James Conner had a turnover. Kyler Murray had a turnover. Cardinals need to be better. And so I that would be tough to swallow if it was in a playoff game or the season was on the line. You are what your record is. And this team is four and eight. But this podcast is not under 500. We're undefeated because of all of you. Be sure to like, subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. PHNX Sports on YouTube. Bo and I take some time off. It's bye week. Everybody enjoy football, family, friends, audio only pod dropping manana. We're back. PHNX tailgate show Sunday morning. Saul Bookman, Shane Diefenbach, myself and Bo. And then we're, we're grinding in these final five weeks of the season. Will we have a new head coach? Can Kyler Murray and the offense come alive? Will we see some building blocks to move forward with 2023 and beyond. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Thanks for tuning in. PHNX Cardinals After Dark. We'll see you soon.